Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host, Kelsey Kemp. I'm an ex-tech consultant turned career coach, podcaster, and speaker helping Christians discern their unique calling and create a career that's aligned with it. Also, you could be as faithful and impactful as possible with the decades of work ahead. Here at Answer the Call, we gather around a new topic each Tuesday to help you gain clarity and confidence on what you're specifically called to do with your career, as well as I share smart strategies to help you get there. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of hearing from Johnny Baker, the Senior Manager of Strategic Management Consulting Services for KHA Accountants in Flower Mound, Texas. That's just north of Dallas, if you're not familiar. (laughs) But just to give you a quick intro to Johnny and how he got to this point in his career, before he goes more into detail about all that himself, um, he attended Texas A&M University, my alma mater as well, as you've probably picked up (laughs) in the couple episodes. Episodes I've done from uh, with other alumni, but he also went to Mays Business School. He majored in accounting and also got his master's in finance. And following graduation, he worked in audit services for a large firm in Dallas. Then he went on to earn an MBA at the University of Texas Macomb's Business School or School of Business. And he has since been flourishing and rising up in the ranks in strategic consulting services at KHA Accountants for the last four years, where he loves the staff and mentors he gets to be working alongside while also getting the opportunity to be present and invested in his family and community outside of work. In our discussion, Johnny shares a wealth of wisdom that he's gained from seeking to honor God with his career. Some of the main insights that you have to look forward to are all centered around one, If you're interested in potentially getting a master's in business administration, you'll learn how to assess if pursuing an MBA is the right choice for your career and how to make the most out of the opportunities for career advancement um, that you're afforded in an MBA program if you do decide to enroll in one of those programs. Uh, The second thing that is a great uh, genre of advice that we touch on in this is all around networking. This is a huge question that a lot of y'all have and submit and want advice around. So he talks about how you could effectively network to get connected with the job opportunities you wouldn't otherwise know exist. (laughs) Because these opportunities could be an incredible fit for your goals and preferences and gifts to the extent that, like Johnny, you might end up in a job that's above and beyond what you thought you could hope for just through some really simple mindset shifts and practices that you could have around networking more effectively to get connected with these opportunities. And you'll have all that and more to look forward to in this episode. But before we dive in, I do want to ask if you'd be willing to help double the impact this show is able to have so more people can have access to encouraging Christ-centered support to help them find a career that helps them fulfill their calling in life. Each of you could do this with just two really quick actions that you could complete in the next few seconds just as the interview is getting started. So one is just go to the homepage of this show. I think you could just tap on the title that you're looking at right now, answer the call. 
um, highlighted in purple if you're on iTunes. Um, and go to the uh, the homepage where you could scroll down to the bottom and just tap the stars to leave a quick rating, write a couple nice words in a written review, and this will help the listening platform know to suggest this show to other listeners, as well as help me attract more incredible guests for you to hear in upcoming episodes. The second quick action that you could take to help double the impact of this show is just take a second to share this. Text it um, to a friend. Text this episode to a friend or some other favorite episode that you have on here with a quick note like, hey, (laughs) this podcast has been helpful to me and I thought you might like it too. So that is it, friends. Just a rating and review. And if you're willing, a share with a friend so we could reach out to more people who are desiring to understand their unique calling in life and to find a rewarding job that allows them to fulfill it so they could have the helpful biblically-based resources they crave to help get them there. So thank you so, so much for pitching in to make that happen. Now let's get into this interview with Johnny Baker. Johnny, I am so excited to have you here. Um, I've really been looking forward to this conversation because even just looking back years ago when we first met um, through an alumni panel, you were the alumni. I was still a student in the seats listening um, at Christian Business Leaders, an organization we were both a part of. Um, It really did leave an impression on me, the thoughtfulness and sincerity at which you applied yourself and your faith to your career. So it seems like this is a long time coming, and I'm really excited to hear what you have to share today for the listeners. Uh, so very excited. And we could just kick it off with a little intro, like what job are you um, playing in now and or operating in now? Good, great, smooth. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and where do you live and all of that? Oh, yeah. Well, first, thank you. I really appreciate that a lot. And I don't know how I got on that panel, but apparently quality control was pretty rough. <laughs> but um, they had me on there and, and you and, and I think one other person have said that it was useful. So at least uh, some people got something out of it. Um, but no, it's it is a gift to be with you. Um, I think, um, yeah, currently I'm a senior manager at KHA. And I work in the strategic consulting services. And so what does that mean? It means that I help business owners um, achieve their purpose, make better work environments for their people, have better understanding of information so they can make better decisions, and then ultimately have a strategy that allows them to continue doing it through generations or um, until they're ready to to retire. And so it's been a gift. Um, Our firm is in Flower Mound in Denton, two offices. And then I'm living in Flower Mound. I have about a seven minute commute. Wow. Fantastic. Um, I have to be careful because sometimes I complain about school zones and and many of my peers and others have to come on actual freeways to work. And so, um, (laughs) yeah, I've learned to kind of keep that to myself uh, when I struggle through a school zone or two. But um, yeah, it's a gift. It's a gift to be here. I'm sure we'll get into why I'm here and how I got here and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's a gift to be here. Yeah, you might have to check yourself on the commute complaints. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's really funny. It is really funny. My wife, so she used to teach at a school about 45 minutes away. And at the time, I was living a little bit further south. So I had like a 15-minute commute. And I complained. I was like, man, I hit every school zone today. And she was like, yeah, I don't want to hear it. And I was like, yes, ma'am, you're right. I forgot about yeah, your ma'am. commute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. And yeah. Another thing, just off of what you already said, the purpose um, 
envision that you have for what your work does is so inspiring and thoughtful. Just how easy would it be to just say, I'm a consultant. I'm a management consultant. I fix business problems. But you see, and I'm curious to maybe later in the conversation get to this, like, how do you come to see how your role on the day-to-day fits into all that? Like that takes some thoughtfulness and some vision. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we can talk now or later, but yeah, yeah, I say like, yeah, I think for a long time it was really hard coming out of school. um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So you go into public accounting or one of these other great fields where you learn a lot. You're not really Mm -hmm. sure how that's going to translate and where it's going to take you, but you know that it's a great on-ramp and gives you Mm -hmm. lots of opportunities. And um, from there, what I learned uh, being in the audit side was was difficult for me, uh, Mr. People Pleaser. We'll get into <laughs> idolatry in another episode. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was very hard to always be the guy coming down on people versus kind of being the strategic partner. And so mm-hmm. for me, I really wanted to be their strategic partner, kind of be the right-hand person to that CEO or CFO to really help them make the right decisions as they foresaw um, what they were stewarding and the people they were stewarding. And to do that, it was a little circuitous, which I know we'll get into that. Um, but effectively, um, it, it to see my place in this world, it's a daily reminder. It's not so easy. It's easy to think I just have to do these tasks or I have to do these things or is this really making a difference? That comes to mind all the time. But the reality is, is that is kind of the inner self and, and maybe even some other um, spiritual thing that's trying to tell me that what I'm doing is not meaningful. Um, when mm-hmm. reality, if you just measure what has happened and what's been factually seen, it's very clear that God's at work here. It's very clear that he has me here and has put me in this space and this place at this time in this season. You know, uh, my church, not ironically right now, is in Matthew 2018, you know, 2818 right now. Yes. So, you know, if, if all authority has been given to him on heaven and earth, and he has, has even marked the, the spaces that we're in and given me this space to, to play, if you will, because I do enjoy what I do. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really remarkable to think about. And the, the last piece I'll share on that is it's a fun exercise because you can kind of get, you know, you get stuck in the, the drudges of the week or whatever else. And if you look back in time, um, there's something beautiful that happens. Like if I thought 10 years ago, I'd be here doing this, having these platforms and these opportunities being on the most legit podcast ever. Um, and, and oh, which one is that? Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. No, it's this one. It's this one for sure. With the utmost confidence. Uh, and, and to be in a place where, you know, I get to live seven minutes from work. I was able to go to my son's blast ball practice last night, which is like pre T-ball. And it took me seven minutes to get there. And the fact that I get to have this space where I get to pour into this family, pour into these people. I have staff that work for me that I get to talk to about my faith. I get to go speak to student organizations about my faith. I have mentors galore here that love the Lord and fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like to even think about the reality of that and think back 10 years ago, if I would have known what I'd have now, I just, I would have fallen on my knees in tears, praising the Lord. But it is easy if I just look at it today and say, I need something more. I need something else. The Solomon principle, right? Once I have this, once I have that, then I'll be content. And yet my cup overflows. It's, it's written back there. You probably can't read it, but um, 
And I memorized the 23rd Psalm because I have to remind myself, my cup overflows. And there is so much the Lord has given me um, just in the relationships I have alone, not to mention the abilities, the skills, um, which I'm, I'm not one to brag by any means, but, um, you know, clearly he has given me an opportunity to help people, to help them fulfill their um, callings. And, and so, I mean, I just, I love that the Lord um, uses me, you know, Paul David Tripp has the instrument, instrument in the Redeemer's hand, right? That's what I'm trying to be. Um, and I fell at it more times than not, right? But contextually, um, two big resources have been Right Now Media at Work and Tim Keller's books, Counterfeit Gods and Every Good Endeavor, that have been really good at kind of helping me understand that it's not just about being in that space in front of everyone that allows you to be used by God. Mm-hmm. Um, so much more happens through the difference, the difference around it. And there's, there's many, many biblical stories of, of God working in places where... Um, yeah, it's not, we're not, <laughs> we're not on the primary stage. We're not, you know, I mean, heck, David, I'm in Samuel right now, right? David was subversively kind of picked and <laughs> made to take over for Saul. It wasn't like David was up beating his chest in front of people <laughs> who made king. Um, he was picked by God. And then, of course, there was the big moment uh, and many big moments after that. But, um, but yeah, I'm just learning that being faithful and kind of everyday life is is really a key to that. And then, being able to reflect and look back on how good God's been to us. Um, mm-hmm. It's really critical. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There, I mean, really we could end the podcast there. That's incredible. <laughs> Actually, I should legit just set that to music and post that to like now this or whatever. <laughs> Famous. Yeah, uh, awesome. But one thing that I pulled out from what you were saying was um, often I think it's easy to just sit and be like, oh man, I I need to enjoy my work more. Okay, I'm going to set a reminder on my phone. <laughs> just every day at three o'clock, think, what purpose am I serving today? And that's yeah. such like a white knuckled way to oh, yeah. find uh, meaning in your work. But I think more meaningfully, you actually seem to be exhibiting this practice of following our calling as it is really prevalent in i think the book of deuteronomy we're actually called to set practices of remembrance and that seems like something that you um do often or at least have done it quite um such depth because you could look back and rather than saying what today can i do to make meaning out of my tasks like what is this next two hour chunk of work going to produce for someone you seem to have this practice of looking back and saying look at all that god has done um by his grace for me and through me Um, and that seems to be um, one of the most moving things that we could possibly do wow yeah it's uh i appreciate that so much and i think you know, there is um, some wisdom in, in kind of putting ritual to that. You know, I think there's a couple really discerning kind of um, series, you know, at the, the church that I belong to that kind of marked my, I think, faith journey. But one in particular was going through the book of Nehemiah and really seeing um, how he just would throughout the day pray. 
Mm-hmm. And how I think for me, it, it becomes this, oh, let me do this in the morning. And then oh, I'll think about it here in the afternoon and, and maybe at night and, and certainly before meals because, you know, mm-hmm. we're in the South. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but there's this reality of the practice that our pastor has is he literally between meetings will stop and pray because he doesn't want to be run through hurry, right? And it's funny because the scientific world seems to be catching up with this hurry concept. Mm-hmm. and um, I'm reading this great book right now. Uh, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. He's a pastor in Portland, Oregon, and um, it's just a fantastic book about the ridiculousness of us. Also, Christian psychologist uh, Dr. Archibald Hart has a couple of books that have been phenomenal influences for me as well, and um, a lot of the things they talk about is meditation, which is an interesting concept, um, and of course, I grew up in the South and, and as an American, and um, of course, meditation is something you don't do. Um, but yeah. now I'm kind of learning uh, the value of that and the reflection of that and journaling once a week and trying to just be grateful. And um, yeah, I mean, Paul's very clear in Philippians that like, if, if anything's worthy of praise to focus on those things. And mm-hmm. I think um, the cynic in us, the, the sarcasm that just subversively runs through our culture um, and I, trust me, I have a spiritual gift of sarcasm, um, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and I can, I can, yeah, I can joke with it. I can do, you know, I can situationally be the funniest guy in the room, but uh, the reality is, is there's some underpinning things in there that you have to watch because um, without gratitude, without gratefulness, there's a lot of pieces and it's easy to kind of get your head down. And so mm-hmm. thank you for your affirmation. Uh, yeah. means a lot. Oh, absolutely. Um, I can't help myself, but to note one thing that I've learned about meditation um, and how um, the meditation that the Lord intended for us to practice is different than what society is popularizing at the moment. Um, Being that uh, this Easter type of meditation is more focused on um, disassociation from self and from life and circumstances and to kind of go into nothingness actually Uh, when um, the Lord actually intended meditation to be a focused sport. Oh yeah. Him and meditating on scripture and his word. So it's uh, directional uh, toward God um, and between you and him and his words and, all of that instead of disassociating into nothingness, which studies are actually coming out that um, it's not great for you. It could lead you to a horrible array of even psychosis. But anyway, I digress. I've learned so much about that, seeing that it's so popular, especially if you're personal development minded and looking into these um, books that are coming out of here's how to uplevel your life. Um, Might not be as helpful as you once thought. So anyway, no, it's good. I, I think I started in that journey by memorizing scripture and the 23rd Psalm is a great place to start six mm-hmm. verses. And, you know, for lack of better terms, I just was in practice mentality and didn't know what I was doing for a long time. And now I can sit and meditate on that scripture. I can go to other scripture. I can watch the thoughts coming in and, and kind of push them aside as hard as that is to do. And yeah. being able to really just chew on God's promises because um, I'll just put it this way. If, 
God has promises for me and I have things that I like to tell myself. I want to take his promises and not mine. And meditation is a very uh, great place that I've learned to kind of not listen to myself and, and man, just be in God's presence. And, you know, a good friend of mine put it this way to me. And he said, what do you think Jesus was doing in the desert for 40 days? (laughs) It's like, you think he was meditating? Possibly. 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 <laughs> temptation in there too. But, you know, so, hey, he was tempted to doing it, right? When I sometimes go into meditation, I get tempted. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. You got things to do. You got places to go. And it's like, man, okay. Like, clearly, clearly, like, you know, we're in a place where the creator of the universe has established order and rested himself. Who doesn't need rest? And then has given us practice of meditation, but we can't get past our own plausibility structure to even say we should meditate because that's kind of Eastern and whatever mm-hmm. else. So it's just a weird world that we have to be, we're kind of caught in that I think we have to be cognizant of. And the Lord's good in that space. And we in an over digitized society have to disconnect, not from Kelsey's podcast. There's other things you can disconnect <laughs> from. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> that's my next compilation clip that i'm gonna make of pulling out different audio pieces from this whole interview i'm gonna repurpose every nice thing that you say maybe i'll like transcribe it and then create another account so i could write my own reviews gosh i shouldn't oh that'd be great that'd be great you don't just don't get your twitter profiles mixed up it gets awkward when you do that yeah really awkward (laughs) (laughs) goodness i think our spiritual gifts of sarcasm (laughs) yeah seriously very strong very strong (laughs) the force is strong with this one. Oh my gosh now okay gotta say i want to go back with i i'm just starting to imagine the contrast between how you feel right now and where you're at in life right now yeah. versus how you might have felt as a college student oh. and a young professional maybe in the first two years of work who does not have um a clear grasp maybe yet um sure where is this all headed is it a good place i hope so (laughs) yeah man i think it's a great question and you know i i can say that when i was in college all i knew was I wanted to be in business because people told me to be in business mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what that meant. My family's all engineers. Right. And you know, I'm like the first person to not be an engineer. Um, although my mom dabbled in a little bit of accounting, so maybe it's genetic, but, um, <laughs> but she then went and got her master's and did biblical counseling. So she clearly got out of it as fast as she could. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, just this kind of new foreign world and, Luckily, I was in Christian business leaders and had some mentors that really poured into me and helped me and, and kind of guided me. And it seemed like all the people that I really connected with the best were in this um, incredible program, uh, the PPA program, and gave me lots of opportunities to uh, learn about many things, accounting primarily, um, but uh, a lot of other kind of things like finance. And uh, I think in that space, it was hard for me to know how the Lord was going to use me and what it was going to mm-hmm. look like. But I kind of knew the wisdom of finding things that were before me and giving them what I had. And I had capacity and I needed to give to that. And I thought, you know, the hardest thing people say to learn is the accounting and the finance. So let me step into that and try to just perfect that, right? I'll perfect it. Uh, And so 
I thought once you got a degree, you were an expert in it, right? But yeah, exactly. Apparently, apparently, that's not how it works. 22-year-olds uh, um, love to think that they're experts. That's yeah, great. It's great. I'm um, a wise old 26-year-old saying that. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, uh, that's, I, I got that. three gray hairs. Three? Three of yeah. them. Man, I put yeah. that on my LinkedIn bio. Yeah, jeez. That's good. That's good. That means you got some experience. Um, exactly. And, yeah, and so I... I was in college just thinking I'll just grind and, and work hard in my classes and we'll kind of see where the Lord takes it. Kind of, kind of a little bit of a blind faith, probably not a healthy faith. It was a little bit more of a, I think this is where the Lord could use me, but I really have no idea. And I really don't know what the business world is. I went into business school thinking that business was like restaurant or hotel management. I didn't really know the world around it. Like I had no idea. I didn't know one in business. Like certainly I knew about insurance and I knew about, you know, corporations. I knew about all these things, but I was like, I assume that all people are doing in here is training for the back office at a large corporation, or they're going to manage a hotel or restaurant. <laughs> and so kind of my mind just got blown when I got into um, undergrad and I was like, man, there's a lot out there. Like, what does all this stuff mean? And, um, and so there was certainly a lot of opportunity before me, but I wasn't sure how the Lord was going to use me. And I also thought, you know, I can step into this. And at some point in life, you know, God may put it in my heart to run a not-for-profit or be a part of a not-for-profit or to be in ministry or whatever that might look like. But certainly at that place in time, I thought, well, well let me get some hard skills that will be transferable and usable regardless of whatever sphere or place the Lord calls me. And that was a lot of my mentality in college. I was definitely um, pretty, uh, I would say, humble and self-righteous at the same time. <laughs> so That's a I had a lot of, yeah, I had a lot of humility, meaning like I shouldn't be here. I don't know how I'm doing this class. Like these guys, oh my gosh, this is hard. And of course, being made fun of all the time at Thanksgiving by my engineer brothers and dad, being like, "That's <laughs> oh, just business," you know. And you're like, "Okay, man." That's awesome. Um, and, and then, but then being kind of flipped into this world of, um, you know, realizing that the program that uh, I was privileged to com complete was very challenging and very rigorous and very rewarding. And I remember a lot of us complaining about tests and, and I remember looking at one of my buddies and just saying, you know, it is terrible. It's terrible that we have to study at this world-class institution. <laughs> that most of it's paid for by the federal and state governments. And we just have to pay the small portion and we have the privilege of doing this. It's terrible. It's oh. awful that we have to be here taking tests. And um, it's like I said, a little self-righteous, right? Not, not, not a lot of empathy and grace there. Um, <laughs> more of that real talk, that real, real gospel talk. Um, yes. And, and, but I kind of live by that mantra and I was just like, man, like, the Lord has given us, this is a gift. Like there are people in this world that would literally kill for this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And we have it right before us and we grumble, right? I mean, heck, I mean, we can, we can play a lot of time in Exodus here, but we just grumble. Yeah. It's like, oh man, the split, the seas are split before us and bread's coming from heaven and water's coming out of a rock and it's <laughs> good enough. I'm not buying it. I don't know. Nope. It's good for me. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny because we do that Exodus study and, and you're kind of like, oh, those Israelites, what was wrong with them? And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm worse than I'm you were. <laughs> I'm worse than them. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah, so it's, it's definitely that case. And as a young professional, you know, reality was is, man, I, if I'm just honest with you, it was, it was hard. Cause I felt like, you know, I finally made it and got to 
the job or the career. And I was like, man, this is not what I want. Um, I, I had a good firm with good people and I learned a lot from them, but I was like, man, this is, this is not, it was, it was longer hours. It was a lot of travel. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't think this is it. And on top of that, I remember just being super confused about business. Right. I mean, I remember I had my BBA now and my master's yeah. in finance. So of course I knew all there was to know about business. <laughs> and I was like, why are these guys making these strategic decisions? Why are they doing this in marketing? What are they doing over here in supply chain? Why do they do that? You know, and I just had all these questions, you know, and it's, it's, it can be easy starting out to just say, oh, just stick to your little silo. This is the thing you need to be doing. Look at this part, look at that part, you know, make sure that, you know, an assurance work, make sure this is represented correctly. Um, but that curiosity just kept grinding on me. And I thought, you know what, there's more to learn. And so um, I decided it was time to start looking at MBA programs. And that was a, that was a fun process. Um, I looked at a lot of them and uh, ultimately ended up going back to get my MBA. And at that point, of course, I thought I would know everything. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> shockingly, you, you know, I didn't learn the first couple times. So the third time, for sure, this was it. And then it was like it just opened up even more worlds of curiosity. And it's like, you know, I know a lot about business now, which is great. But experiential learning is very good. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm not one of the new age. You don't need college people. I think college <laughs> is very vital. But mm -hmm. I also think that the experiential learning combined with it is really critical. Um, and so going through that path, I felt like I now had hope and I had purpose again, right? It's like, okay, there's another light at the end of the tunnel. I've created another benchmark for myself. This next benchmark, once I'm done with that, will lead to tons of opportunities, right? And, you know, people, because I'm getting this degree, will be like, just lining up, like, hey, man, come work for me. And uh, turns out that's not how it works. Um, and so you know, effectively, um, kind of in that young professional season of life, I, I learned a lot about networking um, yes. and the importance of it. I'm so eager to get both into advice that you have for people who are considering an MBA program, how to actually make the most of it, because I, we mentioned um, in our prior discussion, there are some misconceptions about what's actually helpful, especially um, just why don't you just get it online? You know, it's just about the yeah. piece of paper and it's really yeah. not. Um, and then also um, the insight that you have based on your experience in networking, because that yeah. could be an intimidating thing that uh, we're not quite sure how to dance around and do right. Um, sure. So first off with the MBA program, yeah. what advice would you have for people who are considering one in how to pick a program that is a good fit and then how to make the most out of it so yeah. it actually gives you career prospects that you yeah want. <laughs> yeah that's that's a good question my biggest piece of advice to people would be to really figure out what they want to do and mm -hmm. it's really hard to know that sometimes and i was i was pretty gray on that when i was starting out looking at mba programs but effectively there's this really healthy exercise of charting out what you want your career to look like over the next five to 10 years, and then identify what steps might be helpful to get you there, right? Um, so for me, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I didn't know that an MBA certainly would help. <laughs> I knew that I wanted to be in either consulting or maybe even, you know, some other variant of consulting, like working on a, a high up team and higher education or some sort of something that would allow me to use those skills. 
And so it kind of became to a point where I said, well, it certainly can't hurt me. And I think that this would be a good fit for me. And for me, it was really clear that an MBA was the right thing. Mm. Um, getting an MBA because you want to get an MBA is probably not a good reason. Uh, mm. Getting an MBA because your friend did it's probably not a good reason. Uh, getting an MBA because, you know, you have nothing else to do might be okay. It's probably better than not doing anything, but uh, there's a lot of bad reasons to pursue an MBA and there's also a lot of good reasons. Um, another big thing about selecting MBA programs, you know, for me, what I learned is uh, naturally I like to identify myself as a little bit of an academic. I like to read. I like to study a lot, probably more than most. Uh, Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> you're all about it the greatest or worst invention of all time because i just link through and link through and link through and i can read oh, that all yep. day in fact i can just print wikipedia pages and read them um and so you know i just kind of insatiable learner which is dangerous because it's like all right sometimes you gotta sleep man um and so there's kind of a different world there but but to me the the biggest value of an mba isn't necessarily the classwork although it's important Mm-hmm. It's really the networking. And so it's interesting because there's a, it's a very hot topic of the debate right now on these online programs versus traditional programs. And, you know, the, the biggest advice I would give is, you know, if you're going to get an MBA just because you need the schoolwork, then maybe that makes sense. But if you're going and the network might be more beneficial, you really need to consider that. And for me, the network has proven to be very valuable to this point and it's only getting more valuable as my peers in that program mm-hmm. um, continue to rise to le- levels of leadership and we continue to relate with one another. So, you know, you have to think about kind of what you're going for. And, you know, for me, I, you know, of course you're networking thinking, oh, well, I can get a job out of that. But networking as you move up kind of looks very different. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly both of my career transitions have come out of networking, but and we're going to talk about that next, but, um, Additionally, I'm learning more and more as I'm responsible for things like business development and recruiting. A lot more of networking is about just having those connections, um, nourishing those relationships. And honestly, just it's really just friendship when it really boils down to it. Yeah, there's people like me that come from engineering families that think of networking as kind of this dirty thing. And yep. <laughs> it's like, I'm just trying to get something and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's like, well... You know, there's an extent of that, but at the same time, I mean, we're in a relationship economy. Things work by relationship. Yeah. That's that's our world. And by the way, our makers designed us that way. That's why we evangelize and tell people about Jesus. And so kind of learning to accept that, you know, that's part of it is, is really critical. And so my advice would be, um, if you're thinking about getting an MBA, uh, I would highly recommend considering the other benefits, such as the networking, mm-hmm. the just the journey and the learning. Um, the coursework is important. And um, I would also just, you know, um, advise that if you're going to spend that kind of time and money, that, that you work really hard on your interest exams and, and go to a top, top ranked mm-hmm. MBA program. I, I, I think that it's worthy of your time if you invest and do that but if you um, go to one just because it probably isn't going to have as rich of instruction or as rich of networking as you really are looking for so you really need to kind of think about what that looks like and I know that's that's not the fun easy answer for a lot of people but um, 
it's a big investment. It's a big, it's a big uh, transition period of your life. And, and yeah. if you're doing it full time, it's a big opportunity cost of losing a couple of years experience and losing a couple of years of income while you're taking on debt to do something like that. So it really needs to be calculated and considered um, as you yeah. approach it. Yeah, certainly not right for everyone. And I, but there's a high reward for those that it is right for, certainly. Sure. Um, but I think that there's so much to speak to in just at least calling out this myth that I hear all the time, especially um, in even my initial consults with potential clients or anyone that I come across and we talk about the work that I do. People are always like, oh, so do you uh, just tell people to go back to school? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> or um, if that doesn't come off in a snarky comment, it comes <laughs> off as a question of, oh, I'm, I mean, would the result of our work potentially be a redirection and a requirement to go get a master's or go do another four years of undergrad or just get an MBA or whatever it is. Um, and the answer is, uh, for in my experience, most of the time, no, because of that practical experience that you're able to, if you work it properly, go get paid and have a string of experiences that bridges you from A to B. Um, but um, I think the myth under all of that I guess this attitude that we're quick to assume like, Oh, I have to go back to school or I just need yeah. to get a master's program, get into one so I could change my career is um, I need to do that. So I have a container to figure things out. Yeah. And sometimes like for yourself, that really works. It really did help. It gave you the experience and the network that certainly <laughs> contributed in a huge way to where you are today and all that we got to celebrate uh, where you're at at the beginning of this podcast. Um, yeah. But for some people, that is not the case. As you're no. saying, you're saying be very thoughtful about what you're intending to get um, yeah. and try as best you can before the program to figure out what do I want from this yeah. and are the programs that I'm considering going to give that to me Yeah. and then apply yourself to them as best as you can. Like go to the best school yeah. and yeah. study hard. It's not just a checkbox or another hoop yeah. to jump through that's going to automatically help you out. Yeah, absolutely. And then pour into those relationships hard too. And, mm -hmm. and don't try to know everyone. <laughs> Yeah. Find, a hand, find a handful of people in your peers that you can really pour into and be really deep with. And then you'll have the rest of them that you're more uh, connected with on a maybe acquaintance level. But, but yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, you're hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm curious. That was like a little um, intriguing statement that you just had in that um, thought process that you have about networking don't just yeah. try to know everybody um so i'm curious to dig more into that side of the conversation now of um how would you recommend someone think about networking yeah. and apply themselves to that in not even just an mba program but really consistently this is something that we should be developing in our lives right like making connections and nourishing them yeah, absolutely. It's it's a hard thing. I can tell you, and I'll just be the first to confess here. I did not invest a lot in networking or pursuit of that in any of my experiences at AM, um, which is tells you how smart of a guy I am. The, the most powerful network in the world. I thought the answer was to just put my head down and work hard. And certainly there's fruit from that. And certainly the Lord has me where he wants me. Don't hear me incorrectly there. Mm -hmm. But 
uh, kind of caught up late to the game. My biggest advice would be do it where you're at now. Like God has put people in your life to connect with on purpose. And it's not like, I'm just going to get to that next step. Oh, okay. Once I graduate, now I'll start networking. Or now that I'm in this job, I'll start networking. Cause I can tell you someone that's playing catch up, it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of work to go back and cultivate relationships and, and make up for lost years in building a network. Um, and I, I can tell you that my best experiences in networking have been finding people that I can relate with. Like, like I said, it's friends. It's not, um, you, you can't view people as obstacles or vehicles, right? They're not people that are in your way or people that are going to take you somewhere. But you can certainly have relationship and you can say, look, I'm, I'm here to connect. And if you keep your expectations low, and you get to a place where you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to start doing this. And then, because um, one of my mentors says, you're, you're going to have to run some empty miles, meaning you're going to try to make some connections that don't work out or don't pan out, or you're going to try to have some lunches or coffees that just don't make sense for you to keep connecting. And that's okay. You're both probably nice people and you can connect down the road. But a lot of it's just getting out there. And mm-hmm. rarely have I ever gotten out there. I think there's a little bit of one... <laughs> meeting in probably my 10 years that I've gotten out there and been like, Oh gosh, this is a disaster. Not a good fit. Why am I even meeting with this person? And even at the end of it, it was like, Hey man, it's great to know you, but I just don't think there's any overlap here. And he was like, yeah, I don't think so either. It's like, great. Cool. We know if anything comes across that I can help with later. But I mean, if the reality is, it's just getting out there. But I think too, like, where do you start with that? I mean, We live in a world that's almost too easy. I mean, LinkedIn's kind of ridiculous. Like it's yeah. out there. Um, and so think about if you ever get to a point like, where do I start? And you go, all right, what about myself 30 years ago when there wasn't anything like that? Where would you start? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. So I, I'll take having LinkedIn over, over not. Um, yeah. You know, from there, there's people that are in organizations that I'm in, whether it's Christian Business Leaders alumni, whether it's A&M alumni, whether it's that other school 100 miles west alumni or whether it's um you know even just christian business leaders networks up here in the dallas fort worth area or there's various ways to connect with people and then you have to be strategic about how you network what are you networking for right now if you're starting out in your career you should probably just have a general network look for people that are kind of in your space and people that can mentor you people that will be intentional with you and then people that you can be intentional with that um if you're looking for a job, your networking should look different and you should be upfront about what you're looking for because yeah. people don't like to be bait and switched. Um, even though there's still many companies that do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so people don't like that. Um, and so be upfront about what you're looking for. Say, Hey, I'd like to network with you. I'm looking for a job opportunity. Um, let people know kind of what's going on. Um, so they know kind of what they're walking into. It'd be very different if I said, Hey, you want to get together? People just be asking, what are we getting together for? And so be intentional up front about what you're doing and what you're looking for. And if you're not, you can just say, Hey, I'm just looking to connect with good people and to build a, build a network. You know, I'm trying to build out my centers of influence, which is just a fancy word for saying I've got a sphere of people connected to me and and I've got these relationships. Other big piece of advice I give for networking is find people that you like and get along with. Like, (laughs) it's important. It sounds really like trivial. And I, but I can tell you like networking to me was such a dread to start. And I love people. I am, highly social, like I feed off of people. I mean, just the more, the most classic extrovert you can find. But 
the same time, it turns out that you enjoy networking more if it's with people that you like and they like you. And so it's my surprise. Yeah. Five years ago, as my (laughs) boss told me, he said, you know, eventually these people will become your friends. I was like, I don't have time for my friends and time for my network and time for whatever. And it's like, it's funny. You start having kids and life starts moving a hundred miles an hour. And it's like, yeah, these are my friends. These are the yeah. people I see. <laughs> it's so, great. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, yeah, it's a great amalgamation of life and reality. And um, and then, yeah, there's guys that I know that, you know, for, for as an example for my firm, KHA, I network with financial advisors. I network with um, business bankers, commercial lenders. You know, I network with uh, recruiters. I network with you know, a whole slew of people, property brokers, you know, a whole slew of people, but basically it's all strategic attorneys. You know, it's strategic of people that have clients that trust them that would be able to, I'd be able to give my people to my clients, my trusted clients that they could benefit from. And then they could also do the same with me. And that's, you know, that's the business development side of it that I'm, you know, working on now. And um, so, yeah. And then I think, you know, from kind of a more, um, specific examples which is probably what you're hoping for uh it's all good okay okay so for more specific examples uh, i got both of my job transitions out of network and uh, one of them i met at a bachelor party um those are the best networking things those yeah if if you can just go yeah seriously seriously seriously. i have gotten the best friends it clients business alliances i'm like hey i'm here we're doing this uh, like weird freaking dance class together for this bachelorette party (laughs) like let's bond skinny questions (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i won't ask any questions uh but you're right i mean you know i had no intention or thought that that would pan out into anything i was just going to celebrate my buddy drew's bachelor party which my wife doesn't love exactly because it started off as two days in Austin and three days down in Port A and then it set off a trend of all of our friends having like week-long bachelor parties. But, wow. Um, but you meet these people that you otherwise wouldn't meet that are, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, you shouldn't be working. It's not work, but you start to just connect with people and you naturally are going to gravitate towards those people that are near you and, and, and you're common with. And, um, and one of the guys I connected with there, uh, went on and and he was at a public accounting firm and went on to do something different and he thought of me they were hiring and and boom i was in and you know and then even coming out of that my first firm there was a manager i worked for that um you know i wouldn't say we were close Uh, her husband's an aggie but i wouldn't say we were overly close we talked we kept in touch on linkedin and it was enough for her to keep in touch with me over time and say, Hey, what's going on in life? And of course I was getting my MBA to do something other than public accounting. So I was never, ever, 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 ever going to go back to public accounting. Right. Um, Ever. Ever. And so, um, because I know best. Right. Um, And so uh, she just kept on me and, you know, and that old trick of, Hey, just come in and talk to us, you know? And you're like, okay, I'll just do this to get you off my back. And then you're like, Hey, I kind of like those people. Weird. Yeah. Hey, that might actually work out weird. Hey, uh, what do we think here? Hey, we're praying about this and it feels like this is where I need to be, even though like on paper, it may not make sense. And remember I went and did this big program to not do that anymore. And then something new happened with the consulting and it was like, oh my gosh, maybe I can have 
the the god ordained god god blessed kind of lifestyle of balance and limited travel and being able to pour into my community and my family and do this work that I want to do that otherwise wasn't even a thing and yeah because I thought it had to look like this to do that because that's what I heard everywhere I went Mm -hmm. in my MBA program and I thought what if there's something else and just being in tune and finding the right culture became very important to me and I mean, I even had this matrix. It was like, here's these 10 things that I look at for in a company and I couldn't tell you what they are, but they're important. Wow. Commute, and it was about type of work and the people I've been working with, the development opportunities and all these different things. And I can tell you when I was considering this opportunity, it was ranking fairly low on the work, the mm-hmm. type of work I'd be doing because it was more of an assurance role. And remember, I was going to school to not do that because yes. um, I wanted something different. And then I came in and interviewed with my now boss and he was like, well, I could probably utilize you in consulting and we really need to make an effort to push there. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, that just jumped up and you were like, yeah. okay, this sounds really good. Um, and certainly there was sacrifice. I mean, there were some things that had to be given up. Don't get me wrong. It, it, um, it, was, a, it was a good transition, but there were some pieces. I mean, I was a senior manager where I was. I came in as yeah. a manager here. Um, you know, even compensation pieces were a little bit different. And so there were some things that were given up, but man, I can tell you that it's the best thing I've done. And these people have been nothing but pour into me and care for me and provide for me and give me on ramps and on roads and development to grow me into what I call a true businessman. Because before that I was doing a lot of big projects, little slivers, whereas now I'm seeing kind of a full picture and really developing in a way that um, it's fun. I get to consult on the outside and the inside, right? Because I'm kind of, it, you know, we're, we're building this department out and, and trying to figure that out with our team, trying to figure out who we are and how that works. So we, we consult ourselves. <laughs> so, um, so it's been really good, but yeah, but those, I mean, the power of networking is, is, is those things sought me out. That's not how networking should happen. Um, you know, networking, they, they, because of, um, and I'll, I'll try to say this the correct way because I know not everyone on this knows me, but because um, I had utilized gifts well and had good stewardship in the workplace, people thought highly of me and that led to opportunities. That's a great way to build your brand, really? <laughs> to work hard and, and do take what's in front of you and do well at it and excel at it. And certainly God calls us to excellence, mm-hmm. but that's, that is such a small sliver of networking. The other piece of it is, is actually being willing to get out there, get to know yeah. people, mm-hmm. be vulnerable a little bit. Now, don't go out there confessing your sins to random people, certainly people not in the church or certainly people of opposite sex, but, um, yeah. but there, there is a place um, to certainly start to exercising that muscle and, and learning how to do that and, and kind of like riding a bike and getting started on it. And there is a million books out there on it, and I could tell you some of them, but really the reality is, is find people that you like, find things that you like, and then just have open eyes and open ears, like at the bachelorette party, like at the bachelor party, yeah. just yeah. kind of connect with people, just be a human, it's this weird concept, yeah. and then, but be intentional about it, it takes work, so. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh my goodness, uh, so many incredible points, and I'm just always comforted that the wisdom that often comes from 
reflection over a great career um, in interviews with people like yourself, it comes down to just simple wisdom. Like God is gracious with us and he actually makes life more simple than we make it out to be. (laughs) And it's just, we hate the reality of this, although really we should love it. Is that common sense? Isn't so common all the time. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. you're saying it really boils down to uh, just do things that you enjoy. You're going to buy virtue of that get around people that you probably have a lot of things in common with and enjoy just nurture those relationships be present in them and serve and be open but then also make your intentions and your requests and what you're looking for known you never know who's going to be that listening ear and that helping hand and at the same time as you're being proactive also steward what you have well Absolutely. I think that's a, a folly that I see often is overly, well, this is ironic, overly simplistic Christian advice for careers. <laughs> okay. I'm like calling myself out. We're like, life is simple, but good. not this simple, not this simple. So um, the overly simplistic advice that I have heard a lot is just do really, really well. Be excellent at whatever you have right in front of you. And the thing is, that's often not enough you have to also be open and poking your head up and looking around um, and being thoughtful with what you're working at you're not a slave to that you're not a victim to your career like you could be thoughtful and put yourself in a new room to be excellent there Um, and so steward what you have right now well Um, Mm -hmm. you're not entitled to opportunity just coming your way people aren't always like on the lookout and going to notice all of your great work like you also have to be proactive and network um but that both and principle it's very important um and just one more thing to just point out is how crazy it is that if you were just thinking oh okay how do i find a job that i like most people might just open up linkedin go to their job posting search and try to find their dream job that way. You would have not, uh, well, I'm proposing that maybe you wouldn't have found- It's a safe place. Currently doing if you did that. Like this There's is- no way. Yeah. You, you had to be open. Uh, well, God, I of course, like had his hand all over this and yeah, led absolutely. you to this place, but you had to say, yes, okay, I'm gonna go to this interview. And then it yeah. turned out to be far more than yeah. you imagined yeah or dreamed of yeah absolutely it was it was exactly what i wanted to do with the exact people i wanted to do it with with it for the exact people i wanted to do it for and um but i can tell you that if i would have listened to myself and said i'm not doing public accounting it <laughs> never would have happened and it's just like i mean i'm blown away by it i'm blown away i'm just blown away by god's faithfulness which i shouldn't be but i am and it's like he literally pressed on my heart for that year before I interviewed here. Find the right people, find the right culture. That was the big thing to me. Just find the right culture, find the right people. Go to a place where you can talk about your your savior. Go to a place where you can be open about your faith. Go to a place where they're going to care more about what you've done for them. Not going to care more about you for what you've done for them in the last six months. They're going to care about you for you. And they're going to get to know you and your family and pour into you. And I was like, that's out there somewhere. And it's hard to find that in the business world. But I was like, that's out there somewhere. And I'm going to find it. 
And when that was the priority and it was like, you know, work's just a conduit, mm-hmm. um, man, even more so, he just threw it on me and said, look, yeah, even with that, we're going to give you exactly what the desires of your heart are. And you're going to be able to go and consult these companies. You're going to be able to go and work with these business owners. You're going to be able to do the things that I have given you a heart for, but you've known and um, you've been faithful to not jump into one of these other career paths that would take you from your family or your community and, and make them secondary or, or even less than. And, and I'm going to bless what's before you because you've taken that, you know, that step in. And so it's been really wild because I can tell you total faith thing and, and thank mm-hmm. God for good mentors because I had a really good one, still a good mentor of mine that just told me straight. He was like, this sounds like an incredible place for you to go to. And, you know, of course there was a lot of things like vesting and other things that I was like, oh, maybe I should wait a little bit longer until I get that. And maybe I should do. And he's like, well, it sounds like you're letting a couple sins rule the future of your life and your family's, uh, your family's ability to flourish. What do you think about that? (laughs) What do you think about that? (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for presenting that as a question. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, so that really helped to wake me up and just to see that like, yeah, God, God's going to make this what he's going to make this. And, and for him to put that desire in my heart to find the culture and put the desire in my heart to, to do consulting and to be the right hand kind of strategic partner, all those things were working together. And, and my, I know my story is unusual. I know that not everyone's going to have that story. I know that I get asked to speak to student organizations and tell the story because people are like, this is crazy. And, and some people are like, well, you kind of made this. You kind of made your career path. Um, it wasn't there, and you made it. And I said, well, <laughs> maybe, but God really is the one architecting all this. I just yeah. stepped into spaces with desires I had and people mm-hmm. I had, and it turned out that they were praying people, and I was a praying person, came together as praying people, and it, it yeah. turns out that we're having a really fun time serving others and, and seeing yeah. seeing the betterment and furtherment of God's kingdom together. So it's it's been really remarkable. And then on top of that, what's so cool is I just look at being able to lead a home group for three years and being able to watch my family just flourish and me being able to be there for them and, and spend time with them, pour into them. And like, yeah, the world tells me you can't have that in this. And yeah, it, it's hard to find, you know, people that can be wildly successful in their careers and wildly successful at home. But yeah. Um, I've, I've still got a lot of fight in me and I'm still trying to find that balance and, and trying to do both very well. And yeah. so, and I'm not going to take no for an answer, which means I'm not going to commit to things that won't allow me to be good at home. And, and I won't commit to things, you know, even at home that won't allow me to be good in the office place, meaning yeah. there's a balance and, and I'm going to give them all the time I can. I'm going to pour into them. Yeah. But it's not like I'm just going to spend time at home and not work because that's not going to be beneficial for my family. Yeah. <laughs> my my son needs to see me working. But at the same time, there's a balance of this. And um, God gives us this context to play. So yeah. it's it's really, it's, it's really, I mean, but God, I mean, really, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, and then just to see the fruit that's come from it. And now this practice has been blessed and we've had just, you know, <laughs> when I got hired in here, we thought maybe he won't have enough work to do. And 
that's look at you now. That's that's rarely the case, I can assure you. <laughs> oh, that's so, amazing. God is so good. And it's yeah. just so encouraging that like the same God that guided you to this place where people are like, whoa, this career is kind of yeah. made up. Like <laughs> this yeah. wow. Um, like we all serve the same God and I yeah. think just there's so, so much encouragement there just to hold out in faith. If um, anyone listening has a heart for this as well, like pray bold prayers and take yeah. the bold faithful action um, yeah. in faith that this could happen for them too. And another just really crazy thing that I thought in hearing um, the last of what you were explaining about your story is that you had the desires that God put on your heart um, that are like, oh, I really, really, I want this. I don't know if it's yeah. too much to ask, but I want yeah. this. Yeah. And then there was that matrix yeah. that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And um, it, that you might not even be able to remember what was on that matrix yeah. that you insisted was so important to you. Yeah. And I'm curious um, how much of that might have been influenced by the environment you were in, peers, and what they deemed was valuable in this MBA um, kind of culture um, versus what are the true resounding desires that God put on your heart that are the real priority to yeah. follow in creating this life that he has uniquely called you to. And so those weren't always the same, it sounds like, yeah. versus true desire of your heart. Yeah, they weren't. And I think that's part of it, right? We we become very mechan what is the word? Mechanicistic or mechanical or I don't yeah. know. I'm an Aggie. Uh but you no. know <laughs> We're both Aggies. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So I but but I can I can tell you that it's not as mechanical as we think it is. We mechanistic. That's the word I was looking for. Now sounds now great. IQ jumped five points there. All right. Um so but effectively, we like to think that we can just have these inputs and we get this output. And it's weird. You know, it's this great thing that's made us a wealthy country and all these great things, except for the fact that it's not how God works. And thank God that's not how he works, right? And I think for a lot of me and a lot of kind of what I've really focused on in my career has been, um, you know, really trying to just walk faithfully. I think that there's a world of things that get thrown at us every day and a world of things that we're supposed to be um, in tune with that we miss. I think God sends a lot of signals to us. And I think that yeah. um, I think we're a little stubborn to remember them sometimes or to even see them or to sometimes ignore them flat out. Um, yes. And so I think that, you know, in all of it, there is certainly um a role to play. I think the matrix was good because it, it brought objectivity um, and it was wisdom. I mean, it was, what is the culture like? It's what's the flexibility look like? It's, is this job going to be good for my family? Is this job going to allow me to serve in community? I mean, things that are certainly godly, right? Yeah. And then, you know, is this a job that I feel like I'm going to be able to use my gifts and the abilities that God's given me? Certainly that's godly, right? Um, and this matrix was kind of birthed out of um, effectively, I had a career counselor in my MBA that said, if you don't know what you want to do, come back next week with a list of the top 10 organizations you want to work for. It's like, okay. I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, just list the top 10 organizations that you like, right? Just start very simple. So I come back with that and he's like, okay, what's the commonality here? 
And of course it was like the gospel coalition and X 29 network and all these great ministries. Right. (laughs) And he's like, well, that's really interesting, you know? Um, And and what's really key about those. And I was like, well, they have a common purpose and that's to serve the Lord our God and big risk at a public university telling your career counselor that, Mm -hmm. but uh, he was very receptive and and very helpful. Um, And so, uh, you know, kind of going from that, it was what are the other commonalities? And what that kind of taught me was like, okay, there's some commonalities here. Let me build this matrix out of what the commonalities are of these. And then that can start to kind of filter job opportunities through this. And if we see do these even kind of, do they even meet the criteria of what would, would allow me to do the things that I think God's called me to do. And that was helpful. Um, and it really was. And I think, you know, ultimately I was scoring these different opportunities and, you know, call me a nerd or whatever else, but I had, I had these scores and it helped me make sense of some things. Yeah. And there was an opportunity that I had at the same time I had this opportunity and it certainly was very high on the uh, work component, but not the other things. And yeah. it's a great company, but I just don't think it would have been as good of a fit as this. And that's where, it, you know, when you came in and you said, I, I don't like the work, but everything else is great. And the only thing holding me back was the work. And then, you know, even the fact that they brought me back in and said, I don't know, we have enough work for you in that department, the department that I was willing to work in because they had everything else. Mm. Um, but they came back and said, look, um, there's, there's going to be some big opportunities in consulting. And, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, God, like, <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I'm in. And even, but I wasn't, right? I wasn't, though. Like, I, I mean, I'm lying there. I wasn't. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But still, like you said, there's that peer group. My peer group is coming. What are you doing? Like, I've never heard of that firm. I've never been there. Like, what? Go to these big firms. Who's big companies, you know? And all these things, right? And I'm like, man, that's not how God works. That's yeah. not how he, he tells Gideon to get rid of the army so that his glory can be made, right? He doesn't say, you know, Gideon, you need more. Why don't you get some more people in there so you can take credit for it, right? So um, so this was just a really cool kind of, you know, God wink, if you will, yeah. of, of like, hey, this is this is where I have you. This is where I want you. And, and this is what it's going to look like. And I, I mean, he's still blowing me away at all the things that are happening here. So mm-hmm. um, all that to say, like, it may not happen that, you listener out there get your desire of your heart um maybe even your career at all but but possibly um what i've learned is god can change the desire of our heart because i was willing to come in here and do work that i i fought and spent a lot of money to get away from but yet Mm -hmm. the lord said no we're going to give you this gift here and um, and not not to say that he's not good if that didn't happen because he certainly was good in that and certainly all the things that have happened outside of work which you will learn as you get older are much more consequential and important than the work itself. Um, especially when you start having kids running up to you and, and, and screaming, mommy or daddy, mm-hmm. um, giving you a big hug, uh, which is the best part of the day. Um, these things are all interwoven and um, you've got to find the right fit and where you're happy at work, you'll be happy at home. And you know, that, that to me was priceless. We had to figure that out. And I I will probably always ride myself harder than anyone else will. I will probably always put myself in positions to have very big opportunities and a lot of work and I can be a workhorse and I've been a workhorse in my career, but I'm, I'm slowly learning how to balance it to give my best in both spheres. And so, yeah, my, my advice to someone in that space would be, 
use some sort of metric to be objective, but, but also don't ignore the desires of your heart. Yeah. But also don't, don't sacrifice what's important to you, what God's called you to, to chase the desires of your heart. Because if that's the case, then those desires may not be from the Lord. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I see how much fruit um, you're leaning into the Lord and really discerning and then deciding to honor the desires of your heart as from the Lord and not just being like, ah, pff, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> preferences, mere preferences. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's seeing the godly perspective in things and then sacrificing based on what you see as most important in life according to uh, God's principles. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's wild. And it's, it's been unbelievable to watch him work because I mean, yeah, I just got to step into it day by day. And yeah. that's a really cool piece of it. Right. So yeah, it's been really cool. So good. Well, I would love to hear just any, any wrap up last yeah. pieces of wisdom or encouragement that you have for a listener who's tuning in and like, Oh my gosh, I want to discern what my calling is. I, I'm not quite sure yeah. what I want, but I want a career that, I could be as joyous about as you are. Yeah, I think two pieces of parting advice. I think um, the first one is probably a little more practical. Um, but get good tacit skills. Remember your job changes by level. I think for me, if I would have just ran at the first onset of challenge, um, I wouldn't be here today because – I wouldn't have gained those hard tested skills that came with some challenges and some long hours and some other things. And I think too, realizing that your job changes by level. Um, I love what I do now because I'm mostly managing staff. I'm mostly doing business development. I'm mostly doing um, interfacing with people and that's where my gifts are. But to get to that, I had to be patient and do a lot of work to learn how to better serve and lead those people um, that I get to work with, um, whether they're peers or direct reports or colleagues or clients or superiors or whatever they are. The context of those skills have allowed me the platform and opportunity and avenues to do the things I can do and, and be much more effective, I think, at what I'm doing. So the advice would be, be patient and and be willing to do some things that don't feel like they're it yet, but don't get such a short-term focus that you can't pull up and see God at work in that. Second piece of advice would be um, right now, it's an interesting time in the American economy. It's harder to find people than anything. And what I would tell you with that is you have power as someone to be employed. And what I would do if I were you, and this resonates with you at all, is I would say find a place that values you for you, not for what you've done lately. And I say that because it is a business. There are businesses out there. So obviously businesses have to produce and they have to add value. And that's a good and right gift, right? Go see the parable of the talents. Go see. That is God saying, hey, this is, man, I've given you this earth to have dominion and, and to take care of it, right? And so, but at the same time, there are cultures out there that 
are really good. Um, and, and I just, I think that I've, I've benefited from some really good ones and currently I'm in a really great one. And the biggest piece of that is, is, is the advice that, that I got from that mentor and he said, find a place that values you for you and not what you've done from the last six months. And man, was that good. And that coupled with another quote from another college professor that no other success outside the home can compensate for failure in the home. And so if you really think about that, um, to me, that is very critical. And I have kept that quote with me. I use it a lot in my, when I speak to students, I usually attribute it. It's Dr. Nate Sharp. Um, But yeah, him and, and Dr. Mike Schaub have had some very good things to say to me about life. And, um, and it's not by happenstance that those guys were in my life at the times they were in my life. And I still keep in touch with Dr. Schaub to this day and uh, had a lot of people pouring into me. And I, I, I encourage you to find good people to pour into you as well. Wow. Uh, now I'm getting all sentimental thinking about the people that have given me quotes like that, that I just hold on yeah. to forever. And Fantastic. what a treasure it is to have people to pour into you and yeah. help guide you along the way. And what Absolutely. encouragement, goodness, those are some yeah. great two nuggets. Wow. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much so so much for sharing your story and your perspective and your encouragement and being honest and for bringing that spiritual gift of a sarcasm that just has made this over the top fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a blast and thank you i appreciate what you're doing i appreciate that you're stepping out in faith and i love your example in it and i love that your audience um yeah has, has a place to come and listen to things about man our, our king um and how great is he So thank you for your space and for your time, for the opportunity. It means a lot. Wasn't that incredible? I took so many insights and bits of meaningful encouragement from this conversation, as well as I just had a lot of fun. So if you're thinking, me too, this episode was so helpful, then don't forget to take a second to leave a rating and review and text this episode to a friend. That would make a huge difference. And two, if you're also thinking, "Mm, wow, wouldn't it be nice? I would kill to work at a firm like Johnny's that fosters an environment of growth in such an enriching and encouraging culture that really encourages its employees to invest and have a life outside of work and invest in their families and their communities. Oh my goodness, I know so many people who crave that kind of opportunity. So I actually wanted to share that if you're in Texas or I don't know if you are interested in being in the Flower Mound or Denton area just north of Dallas, then KHA Accountants, Johnny's firm actually is hiring. So um, just a quick overview of the firm, KHA Accountants provides tax assurance and consulting services for clients ranging from anything like multinational corporations to small business owners and even individuals. And you can go to K 
khaaccountants.com. I'll also have that link in the show notes just down below so you can learn more about the firm and the positions they're currently hiring for, which includes incredible opportunities like a position as a strategic management consultant. And I am so excited to mention specifically that that opportunity is open because I know of so many friends that even I think listen to this podcast that are really interested in a strategy consulting type role um, that has a more balanced lifestyle and encouraging environment. So um, I wanted to mention that this is an opportunity that you might take advantage of and apply for. And this is actually a position on Johnny's team. So how cool is that, that you could potentially work with him? So other positions that are open are a staff accountant in their business services group, as well as some positions open in their tax services group. And I wanted to mention all this specifically because I really stand behind this company and know quite of, a, of quite a few friends who listen to this podcast who would love to jump at job opportunities like these. So I wanted to be sure to encourage you to visit khaaccountants.com to apply if you're interested. And like I mentioned, that link is also in the bio. Um, and this is all just because there really aren't too many things in life that make me happier than helping people realize what they're uniquely called to do in their career and then actually getting to see them land a job that's rewarding and life-giving. So I'm always on the hunt for companies that I can really stand behind and love to share about job openings when I see them. So, okay, y'all, I hope y'all have a blessed week and I will see you next Tuesday for another episode.